0: Welcome back to the Damon Glenn Show. Wes Durham, live in 30 minutes, voice of the Atlanta Falcons, voice of the ACC on Super Bowl 54, Chiefs versus 49ers. Also, college hoops looking back. Tar Heels over Wolfpack, Duke over Pitt last night. UVA over Florida State looking forward as well. Wake at Notre Dame tonight, Louisville at Boston College, big games on the weekend. ECU out of conference is hosting top 25 Houston, meaning in conference for them, but beyond the ACC. More on those stories as we give away some tickets as well. The Carolina Hurricanes have been on break. The All-Star Game has come and gone. Did you see Jacob Slavin win an award? It was pretty cool, actually. He won part of the Skills Challenge, the young and brilliant defenseman in for the injured Dougie Hamilton, who had been originally named to the NHL All-Star Game. I have for a winner, if you dial right now and can answer a relatively easy Canes trivia question, you'll get your choice of two lower-level tickets this Friday against Vegas or this Sunday against Vancouver. Whichever one you're available for, we will get you those two tickets. In some cases, you can pick them up at our studio here in Raleigh. Otherwise, we will have them waiting for you at the PNC Arena. We'll call window. Slavin, by the way, did you hear how he won in part the skills, uh, the, uh, skills accuracy shooting contest it was? You know, there's the speed contest. There's the hardest slap shot. There was shooting from the stands this year uh, in St. Louis at the NHL All-Star Game. You know who gave Jacob Slavin advice that led to his win in the Skills Accuracy Shooting Contest? Former Canes captain and Stanley Cup champion Eric Stahl, the young Jacob Slavin, was part of the Skills Accuracy Shooting Contest, had never done something exactly that before, That, that uh, with those rules before, And wasn't sure what to do. Like, do I just keep peppering the net until I hit all the targets? Do I take my time to improve my accuracy? Or is it really all about speed? So Eric Stahl, who's been around a lot longer, said, Dude, you're an accurate shooter. Don't worry about the velocity. But pepper the net. Don't worry about how many times you miss. Don't take any time to line anything up. And don't worry about how hard you hit anything. Those uh, targets will break with the force of you know, a wrist shot or anything along those lines. Eric Stahl, did you know, won the same skills event. It was under slightly different rules. I think it was 12 or 13 years ago while he was a member of the Carolina Hurricanes. Slavin won this year's event after following Eric Stahl's advice. Stahl, of course, now with the Minnesota Wild. Slavin will be on the ice Friday and Sunday. Dougie Hamilton, of course, still in injury recovery mode. Quick side note. Jacob Slavin of your Carolina Hurricanes was also voted the best defensive defenseman at midseason of the NHL uh, campaign. There's a Pro f- pro Hockey Writers Association. I'm actually a member of a whole bunch of those things, but not that one. The Pro Hockey Writers Association named Jacob Slavin. Kaniacs are always talking about him not getting quite enough credit, and they're right most of the time. Little by little, This year's all-star game, I saw at theathletic.com a poll of NHL players. They, as players, guys who have to deal with Jacob Slavin on the ice, named him one of the five best defensive defensemen in the entire NHL. And sure enough, the hockey writers agreed they put him number one at midseason here in the 2019-2020 campaign. More of your calls on the Super Bowl question of the day. Who is the best coach in any pro sport who never won it all? is the answer Andy Reid of the Kansas City Chiefs. He is in year 21 as a head coach. He does have the sixth most wins in the NFL, but unlike the five guys ahead of him in the win column, he does not yet have a Super Bowl championship. Dusty Baker in baseball, now with the Houston Astros. Marty Schottenheimer, Dan Reeves, Chuck Knox, and others in football also fit this description. Of course, most of the best in most of the sports have one or more trophies. Jerry Sloan, Don Nelson, and others among the NBA coaches with the most wins, but without a single NBA title. You can jump in on that if you like. Since Duke's Jeff, Duke, former Duke star Jeff Capel visited as the Pitt Panthers head coach last night, we also asked if Capel is not the top candidate to succeed Mike Shashevsky someday, Coach K turns 73 next month, who would be a better idea for the Blue Devils? We've gotten some good calls on that as well at 1-800-849-2761. Let me try... Christopher in Lexington, North Carolina. Christopher, how many Canes games do you go to, man? Many, few, not ever? What's going on? Definitely five or six a year for sure. All right, cool. So uh, have you ever sat in the lower level? Really good seats, about a dozen rows from the ice. Where are you usually at?
1: Usually upper level, man. I'm pretty broke.
0: (laughs) Uh, All right, excellent. Uh, No problem. I totally get it. I was, I think, 30 years old before I sat in the lower level at an NHL hockey game, long before... We had our on-the-glass seats here at the David Glenn Show. So you get seats. I've sat in them myself there. Of course, you got to get a trivia question right, but I try to make them easy for Kaniacs especially. Uh, you're about a dozen or so rows from the ice. You think you'll go Friday night against Vegas or Sunday afternoon against the Canucks, where maybe you can even get home in time to watch the Super Bowl after the hockey game? Uh, Super Bowl Sunday, my man. All right, you're going Sunday, af- Sunday afternoon. All right, the Carolina Hurricanes have one of their more diverse offensive teams in recent memory. Can you name three of their top six scorers, any three of the top six, and you you get two lower-level seats to Sunday afternoon against the Vancouver Canucks?
2: Yes, sir. Tobias Yamaho, Thibauter and Andrej uh, Shrestikov.
0: That is correct. Those guys are actually, Tara Vinen has 48 points, Svechnikov 45, Ajo 42. So you not only got three of the top six, you got number one, number two, and number three. Hockey, Would you have known, Darren Vaught, you get to go, you get questions or you get tickets for free. Would you know who the other leading scorers are of the Canes? This is your way of earning what I bestow upon you for <laughs> l- for nothing more than your day-to-day greatness at the David Glenn Show. These folks have to answer trivia questions, sometimes hard ones, not today necessarily. Christopher, you hang on. We'll, we'll figure out a way to get you the tickets. Will, you know his options. You can share those. So Tara Vine and and Ajo, given that you're practically a part-time Kane season ticket holder, aren't you? Somehow the bill comes to me, but you're kind of a part-time season ticket holder, <laughs> aren't you? You're either sitting in the show seats or on the glass, man. Pretty much, yeah. You're not – just because you changed glasses since last week doesn't mean that I don't know that that's you and your buddies there. So I know you would have gotten Tara and Svechnikov and Ajo, and that's in points, not in goals. Right. Would you have known a prominent defenseman who's also in the top six – a young, really skilled sniper who's in the top six, and then an off-season acquisition with a last name that is hard to pronounce unless you know it already. <laughs> is that a good enough hit Yeah, what so do you that would be Dezingle, the last Brian name. Ryan that... Dezingle has 27 points, and that ties him for fifth, so he would right. have been in the top six. Uh, Dougie's been hurt, but might... Find his way in that top six. 14 goals, 26 assists, 40 points for a defenseman at midseason. I mean, we all know and and feel for the guy for his broken leg. That's just truly brilliant offensive hockey from a blue liner. I mean, Dougie's always been an offensively dynamic guy. I think he has found the right team in the Canes after some success elsewhere, but just some harassment from other fan bases, including in Boston, et cetera. He's found his team. He's found his city. He's found the right locker room. He's found the right coach in Rod Brindamore and his assistants. It's just he was blossoming at the time of his injury, and it's a shame. Uh, That is a long-term injury, obviously, multiple months, and the season, the regular season goes into April, so he's missing Most or all of the remainder of the regular season. I have not seen the latest timetable on that. Can you go? Young sniper was with the team for a while last year, but was so bad defensively, they just sent him back to the mic. That's gotta be Marty Nates. That that is correct. That (laughs) is correct. I believe you and I were near, let's just say a high ranking were you with me this day? Yes. We were we were very (laughs) close. To an extremely high ranking Canes official. (laughs) Like the day before Nates got. Who shall remain unnamed for purposes of this conversation, but extremely high ranking Hurricanes official who is essentially cursing Marty Nates' lack of defensive. Discipline uh, as we were seated nearby. Marty's come a long way. We'll just put and way. I believe shortly after that particular diatribe, Marty was sent back to the minors. So it must have been a very high-ranking Canes official. He is much more responsible defensively now. He remains offensively brilliant. We are happy to find yet another winner in our uh, Canes contest. Remember, on Twitter, and I haven't mentioned this in a while because there was the long All-Star break hashtag canes with dg secondary prizes mean you can get two lower level tickets and sometimes a parking pass to an upcoming canes home game always lower level sometimes with the parking pass all you have to do go to twitter use the hashtag have to use it for us to find it canes with dg i'm dg david glenn i have season tickets the grand prize is my four on the glass seats you will get your choice of two games. One is in February, one is in March. You can invite me, as some past winners have, in one of the four seats, or you can use all four. Or me, for the record. I, <laughs> I'm not sure that's... I, 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 the the fine print at the bottom... Not in the rules? The legalese is really blurry. I think I spilled some water on there. My copy doesn't include any, any Darren Vaught clause whatsoever. There have been, you know, there, there's four tickets. So, like, when... Two husband-wife couples that go to games forever together. I'm not going to crash their party. Now, I took them out to dinner. I was the fifth wheel in that quintet, and then I weaseled my way down there to sit near them when they got to celebrate in my front row seats. Just use the hashtag CanesWithDG while posting any photo related to the Canes. I mean, maybe you have a selfie with me and I'm wearing a Canes pullover. Maybe you're with Stormy. Maybe you met a player one day. Maybe it's your little kid dressed in a Canes jersey after opening his, his or her Christmas present. As long as it has a Canes theme and it's a photo or a symbol of some kind, and you use the hashtag CanesWithDG, with DG, you're qualified for both. The wonderful game-by-game game prizes, two lower-level tickets to an upcoming home game, or the grand prize. I got to pick the grand prize winner soon. And this is a tradition almost a decade long. We have dinner. We enjoy a game. We have a blast. We usually get a win. But that is one of the biggest grand prizes that we give here at the David Glenn Show. And in that case, it is my beloved personal on the glass seats to an upcoming home game. Again, the hashtag Canes with DG. I am David Glenn host of the appropriately named David Glenn Show. West Durham live in 15 minutes on Super Bowl 54 and ACC basketball. More of your calls on the other side, 1-800-849-2761. The Chiefs are a one-point favorite over the Niners in Las Vegas. More money than ever is being bet on the Super Bowl. I'll give you an update there. Who do the wise guys, the most successful gamblers of 2019, Which team are they picking in Super Bowl 54? ESPN actually surveyed them, and I have that answer for you. More emotional tributes to Kobe Bryant, more of your phone calls on Duke over Pitt, Coach K versus the Cameron Crazies, and some upcoming College Hoops games. Australian Open, Canes Hockey, those are fair game too. For your questions and comments at 1-800-849-2761. Next. Dean in Wilmington, you're up on the David Glenn Show.
2: The NCAA book on violations
1: of say sick Superman has trouble carrying.
0: This is true. The- However, it's not buried into the small print in the back that you're oh. not allowed to drive luxury cars that aren't yours, okay? <laughs> Keep it here on the David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the David Glenn Show. We do have lines open for the first time in a long time, so maybe you're just joining us you haven't chimed in on Coach K versus the Cameron Crazies, Duke over Pitt, Virginia over Florida State, the succession plan for that Mike Krzyzewski guy who turns 73 years old uh, next month. NFL-wise, I gave you a few promises I will deliver on those as I remind you the question of the day for new listeners. Who is the best coach in any pro sport who never won it all? and is the best answer to that question Kansas City Chiefs football coach Andy Reid, who is 6th on the all-time wins list for NFL coaches, but of course famously has been to only one Super Bowl back in 2004 with the Philadelphia Eagles and has never won one. Maybe he gets his first. Bobby Cox as a baseball manager took until the 1995 Atlanta Braves to get his first, and it turned out to be only World Series title. Barry Trotz, was one of the winningest coaches in the history of hockey, and until two years ago, he didn't have a Stanley Cup title. He did break through, of course, in 2018 with the Washington Capitals. Don Nelson in the NBA, third winningest coach of all time, never got an NBA title Marty Schottenheimer among others in the NFL Dusty Baker the new Houston Astros manager among the leading vote getters so far 1-800-849-2761 is your ticket into the program if you'd like in the, on those or other topics and questions of the day one thing I promised on Super Bowl 54 West Durham live in less than 10 minutes the voice of the Atlanta Falcons and the voice of the ACC as well ESPN went to the Pro Bowl last weekend, I thought this was a good idea. Ask the guys who have to deal with the 49ers and the Chiefs. Like, we all claim to be experts or do our best to be experts. You all know we think predictions are the least valuable thing we offer on the show. We'll, we give them when you ask us for them. We'll tell you which teams have the best chance of winning it all in this sport or that. But, you know, everybody has an opinion, some more accurate than others over the longer haul. But predictions, not the most valuable thing to me. When you ask actual participants who may be game-planned for the Kansas City Chiefs or the San Francisco 49ers, I thought that was a nice editorial decision by ESPN. To just canvas the Pro Bowl, very few people are all that intrigued by the outcome of the game. There are far more interesting things to cover than, you know, an elevated game of two-hand touch with microphones in all the right places to try to make the game a little bit more compelling. So they asked the Chiefs and the 49ers, or they asked the players at the Pro Bowl whether they would pick the Chiefs or the 49ers. Now, a lot of the guys begged off, as maybe you would in your own industry, asked to pick A over B. Those who answered were split down the middle. And I found that an interesting contrast to the other study or inquiry that I mentioned before the break. ESPN tracked down the most successful sports gamblers of 2019. I wasn't even aware of all these competitions. Some of them are like daily fantasy gambling winners. Others are just old school bettors in Las Vegas and otherwise. They tracked down the most successful gamblers in sports of the 2019 calendar year and just picked their brain on Super Bowl 54. As we've described for the last two weeks, the 49ers have the better depth chart, the better running game, the better pass rush, the better defensive line, the better secondary, et cetera. But the Kansas City Chiefs have the more dynamic offense, the much better quarterback in Patrick Mahomes, and more weapons offensively than the 49ers have. So would you rather have the best depth chart with that better defense, or would you rather just say, man, give me Mahomes? Even if there are a lot of arrows pointed toward the Niners, I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes, who is a magician sometimes, even against other great NFL defenses. Unlike the Pro Bowl football players, it came down to basically 50%, 50% among the Pro Bowlers who offered an opinion. Among last year's most successful sports gamblers, they all picked the same team. It wasn't double digits, but it was like six or eight of them they all went with the San Francisco 49ers. And they all had their metrics and their analytics and their logic, and this is more important than that. And didn't Kevin Harlan, National Sportscaster of the Year, give us his math? By his estimate, over 53 previous Super Bowls, 20 fit a description that are kind of like this year, where you look at one team and you say, I'd like that team better, but you look at the other team and you say, I'd like that quarterback better. Same as this year, Chiefs against 49ers. According to Harlan, in those 20 similar games, the team with the better depth chart and defense won 15 out of the 20 times. And as much as we all elevate the quarterback position, most important on the field and otherwise, only five of those 20 similar matchups ended with a victory by the team with the better quarterback. All of the most successful sports gamblers tracked down by ESPN.com in that survey. All of them said they're picking the 49ers. Now, some of them said they were torn. You know, their brain tells them the Niners, but their eyeball test tells them not to bet against Mahomes. I think we can all identify with that, right? I'm torn myself. You know what I would do at the betting window? Avoid this. Bribe the team manager on the color of the Gatorade. Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> Let's make our money there. <laughs> bribe the, the national that anthem that singer to run a little long so we bet the over. Now, even legal bets, even even without that sort of Danny Ocean-type manipulation, there are a lot of bets I would rather make than picking this particular Super Bowl. I have a strong feeling a lot of the time in these big games, we've got a pretty good track record in this year's NFL postseason you know, warning you against that Titans-Ravens matchup, uh, putting a lot of confidence in the Kansas City Chiefs, not believing in the watered-down version of the New England Patriots as their regular season reflected, even though they still had Belichick and Brady, cetera. I wish... We could build on that momentum and just tell you who's going to win the Super Bowl. I just wouldn't bet your nickel on this one, much less mine. Again, though, the most successful sports gamblers of the 2019 calendar year, their overwhelming consensus, according to ESPN, is take the 49ers and run. 1-800-849-2761. Quick follow-up and responses to emails and tweets and even some texts on the Coach K successor conversation. I wonder how much of this you know, Darren. Just to put you on the spot on behalf of the statewide listeners here in North Carolina. My brain, my, my you know the lovely and talented Maria. Her brain works in a way that is fascinating. You know the movie Shallow Hal where Jack Black is so shallow that it distorts what he sees, right? Right. There's some, some uh, w- not witchcraft, but there's a, a fantastical element in which... Uh, at some point, he only sees the beauty inside when assessing.
1: His, well, that was his the good. Ja- that was the life. good
0: Jack Black, though, right? Right. Bad Jack Black would only see outer beauty, right? And place no weight, yes, on the more important. Before and the magical elements of the film before w- the magical took, elements. took hold, yeah, the yeah. lovely and talented Maria, I'm telling you, her brain is wired in such a way where her her husband is an exception to this rule. But for most others, she only sees your good. Like, she's been around you for five years. You're you actually a bad example. You don't have many bad qualities. <laughs> Maybe none, best I can tell. I don't know. But if you were a more normal person, Darren, and you had Come ten on. great qualities, and let's just say you had a couple of things where it's like, oh, I don't know, I'm not sure about that part of Darren. I'm telling you, like, the opposite of bad, shallow how. Like Maria would remember your 10 things and celebrate them and scream them from the rooftops, and she's wired in a way where she might not even recall your two imperfections. And, of course, that's hypothetical. Some people are remembering the resumes of these potential Coach K successors the way Maria remembers most people with her overwhelming positivity. It is easy to remember that Johnny Dawkins is on a roll at UCF. Do you know what happened with Johnny at Stanford? When he was asked to coach in a higher level, he was fired at Stanford. It's easy to remember that Tommy Amaker is on a roll at Harvard and has been for a long time. Do you know what happened to Tommy Amaker at Michigan when he was asked to coach in a bigger, better league? He was fired by the Wolverines, right? So, you know, Chris Collins has been to only one NCAA tournament at Northwestern. Steve Wojciechowski has been to only two NCAA tournaments in six years as the head coach at Marquette. Bobby Hurley's been to only three NCAA tournaments combined between Buffalo and where he is now, Arizona State. There are warts, even on Jeff Capel's resume, actually, the guy we're putting up as the best candidate. as He was fired at Oklahoma. So VCU, you win, you get the opportunity at Oklahoma. He took the Sooners to the Elite Eight, but his last two years there did not go well and included scandal, and he got fired. So in the real world, everybody is measured by both their successes and their failures. And all of those candidates that I just spit out there, some of you are remembering their highs. Chris Collins took Northwestern to the program's first NCAA bid ever. That's the only NCAA tournament bid he's had in seven years there, right? And again, I love all these guys, but they are all mixed resumes, and I understand why Duke fans are just crossing their fingers saying, Coach K, give us two, give us three, four, five more years, and then we'll decide which of those and some others I didn't name would be the best bet or best selection to succeed you. West Durham, voice of the Atlanta Falcons, voice of the Atlantic Coast Conference on Super Bowl 54 and College Hoops next. Mike Krzyzewski joining us. We ask folks you work with it, Duke if you've changed or mellowed over
2: the years. Well, you know, mellow is having a glass of wine and looking over, you know, the sunset, you know. Uh, <laughs> I don't see how you can be mellow and coach a game that can't happen. If it does, then you shouldn't be coaching. Keep it here on The David Glenn Show.
0: back to the david glenn show more of your calls a little bit later one of the great voices of the nfl and the acc now find him on the acc network weekdays in the form of packer and durham among other things he's the radio voice of the atlanta falcons in the nfl and he is the unofficial mayor of the Atlantic coast conference west durham welcome back to the
1: david glenn show how are you Good, DG. What's happening, my man?
0: I'm doing really well. We're going to, of course, uh, exploit your amazing versatility with some Super Bowl <laughs> talk and okay. some college basketball talk. All right. And, and maybe we'll get to some Coach K versus the Cameron Crazies oddities as well. Um, but if I remember correctly, the team whose games you follow incredibly closely, the Atlanta Falcons not only beat the 49ers, but beat them in San Francisco. I mean, how the heck did – remind us how that happened and just your initial impression of the Chiefs-49ers matchup in Super Bowl 54.
1: Well, Atlanta played really well. Um, You know, it was, again, another example of their second-half surge, to be honest with you. Uh, Matt Ryan was especially good. I thought they ran the ball efficiently and they didn't turn it over. Um, And they overcame some obstacles. They came from behind to beat San Francisco in the final drive. I mean, they – they did a really good job of executing the, the game plan that Dan Quinn laid out, and the defense did a good job of taking Garoppolo off point most of the day, and, and it kept it a relatively low-scoring game, which I also, was, also think was uh, part of the key element in winning out there. But San Francisco is a very talented team. Um, I really do believe Dave Sunday's going to come down to who can get a stop. Yeah, I think both are really high-powered offenses. I, I think it could be a shootout in many respects, and I think once you try and – and compare the notes here, it's about who's got more weapons. And as talented as I think San Francisco is, and certainly Kyle is from a play scheme and design standpoint, I think what Mahomes and what Andy Reid do in the run game and the throw game is really impressive, uh, especially all the different guys they use. You know, and I mean, you think about who he goes to. I mean, it's not just Kelsey, it's Sammy Walker, right. it's Tyreek Hill, it's, you know, all these guys in the run game. So, you know, second idea really becomes the fact that, uh, you know i think when you when you take everything into account that's why i think kansas city wins the game but also understand why it's a very narrow margin for sure
0: yeah and i hope you're right as it as a philadelphia eagles guy from birth <laughs> and a, an andy reed fan even yeah. since his move to kansas city i would love to see him you know kind of finally break through with that super bowl title when you hear Wes, the overview of so many, I think the conventional wisdom is accurate. The 49ers have the better depth chart, the better running game, the better defensive line, the better secondary, et cetera. Right, sure. But the the Chiefs have the better quarterback and more weapons, as you said. There, Kevin Harlan joined us this week. He'll have the Westwood One call for Super Bowl 54. He said in what he considered 20 similar Super Bowls, one roster was better, but the other had the better quarterback and or weapons. He said the more well-rounded team won 15 times, hmm. and that better quarterback won only five times. When you look at San Fran versus KC, um, you know, what else is going to go in the Chiefs column? Because I agree, it's a close call, but it sounds like history favors the 49ers, and a lot of the gamblers are favoring them too.
1: Well, I understand that part. I would also say too that with a narrow line like you have, you're going to have everybody play the dog, yeah. right? I mean, so... That shouldn't be a surprise. I think the I think the thing that stands out to me, and I and this is splitting hairs to a degree, but I think Kansas City's better in the kick game, in the return mm. game for sure. Uh, I think Harrison Bucker, who played at Georgia Tech, of course I'm you know biased somewhat to Harrison because I knew him when he was at Westminster in Atlanta as a high school kid. I um I think Sa- I think Kansas City's return game is a lot better. I mean I, I think they are more explosive. Not that San Francisco isn't. I just think Kansas City's better. Um, you know, and I look at the tight ends. Kittle and Kelsey, you, everybody could say it's a wash. I don't think so in a game like this. I mean, George Kittle's got to respond Sunday. For San Francisco to win, Kittle's yeah, got to play. Yeah. Kittle's got to have a big game. And to me, when you have uh, a guy who's like Kelsey, who has seen that game, understands that game, even though Kansas City hasn't played in the game, they've got a lot of guys who've got big game experience. And here's the other thing, too. I think one of the reasons Mahomes is so successful is that, and I could say this because of his dad, his dad taught him the pitching gene. Somewhere along the way, he inherited the yeah. pitching gene yeah. where he never seems to get really, really flustered. You know, he, he, is, uh, he is enthusiastic, he is passionate, but he doesn't seem to lose his spot in the road. And I I think that is huge in a game like this for sure.
0: Wes Durham is joining us, voice of the Atlanta Falcons of the NFL, ACC Network, of course, every weekday and on a lot of the calls for these college hoops and college football games, depending on the time of year. He is on Twitter, at Wes Durham. John Feinstein, noted sports author, has joined our show and almost guaranteed us. He came really close to saying, you know what? Pit coach Jeff Capel is going to succeed Mike Krzyzewski. Like, he's the guy, and Feinstein wow. had, had his reasons for saying he's the guy. When you think of that big picture, Wes, you know the deal. K turns 73 next year. Capel mm-hmm. was just in town last night as the Panthers lost to the Blue Devils. You know virtually all the names that come up. You, you've covered their – heck, you probably called their games and then got to know them <laughs> as a broadcaster. Steve Wojciechowski at Marquette, and Chris Collins is at Northwestern, and Bobby Hurley's at Arizona State. Mike Bray didn't play for K, but he's – he. Worked under him at Duke and is at Notre Dame. Tommy Amaker at Harvard. Johnny Dawkins at Central Florida. Quinn Snyder is now in the NBA. You know, you, you hear some call, throw out a Brad Stevens or somebody. Oh, that's, I
1: was getting ready to say, where's Brad Stevens and right? all this? Well, you
0: knew it was coming. Right. Uh, what makes sense to you? Um, do, do you have any, any either intel or a gut feeling And does Jeff Capel, who's only 44 years old, but has built three different programs as a head Mm -hmm. coach, does he make the most sense in your eyes?
1: Um, Well, you could honestly say that if he has success and takes teams to the NCAA tournament at Pittsburgh and does it at three schools, you could say that, right? Yeah. Um, Look, Jeff's a capable coach, and I think his staff with Jason and Tim O'Toole and Milan Brown is excellent, okay? Um, And look, Pittsburgh is a... I mean, some nights they get there, but on the whole, they're coming, right? I mean, you can see it. Uh, last night, Audis Tony goes for a career high, McGowan's doesn't score. I mean, so you take your, you, you pick your battle a little bit. When they get more solid inside, they're going to be a load, and I think we all realize that. Um, so he's going to be successful at the University of Pittsburgh, which, by the way, is a great basketball environment. But we're getting way ahead of ourselves, in my opinion, on the Sheshevsky Bayheim, Roy Williams, you know, succession plan uh to me i think we need to learn to slow down and enjoy it and i understand why it's a point of conversation will jeff be a candidate whether he actually is or not i have no idea but i can tell you this if they elected to hire jeff capel if kevin white went that way assuming kevin white's still the athletic director uh he would be a great hire he would be a tremendous hire, but so would some of those other guys too that you mentioned. I mean, I have all the respect in the world for the job that Steve has done in Milwaukee because he's been patient. You know, I mean, he's been patient and had transfers. Yeah. So let's let's be real about how it's happened there too. So, you know, look, it's going to be an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting decision, just like it will be, you know, when the Patriots decide to replace Bill Belichick. I mean, the legacies of Mike Shishinski, the legacies of Jim Behan. And to a degree, the collective legacy of Roy Williams, which now includes the last, you know, 16-odd years at Carolina, those are going to be difficult tasks. And, you know, we just need to enjoy it, and then when it gets here, we'll see what the landscape is. I, I think it's really hard to project the successor when you don't know the landscape.
0: It's funny. Bayheim and Kay are two of the oldest coaches in the history of Division One men's basketball. Right. Uh, so I guess that's one of the reasons it's more of a topic because – Beheim 75 but you're right I mean they He's might not
1: going anywhere for three years though Dave with Bay, with his
0: son buddy for no sure yes yeah. so I mean I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised we might have a year waiting for us three years down the road right. where beheim has gone and K moves on and Roy Williams is not too far behind but you're I, right I, three years is a long time I uh,
1: think I think there's a lot of a lot of bourbon under the bridge as Sinatra once said to go <laughs> in this one okay
0: l- let me turn you loose on this okay it's an ongoing conversation that whatever order you want to put them, Duke, Louisville, and Florida State are bidding for high NCAA tournament seeds. There's that large midsection where when you look at the next half dozen, Syracuse has three Q1 wins, but they just lost at Clemson last night. Virginia Tech is the surprise team, but then they just lost at Miami. Virginia was struggling, and then they just beat top five Florida State. Who right. is the Who are the best candidates outside the top three to end up on the right side of the line at Selection Sunday?
1: Well, every morning we call it the glob. Um, <laughs> and that's Packer's term, and he's exactly right. That's what four through – Basically, 15 is, uh, but really four through about 11 or 12 at this juncture. I, look, I, th- I saw Syracuse last Saturday, and despite the loss last night, I think they're very capable. Um, you know, Bey got in foul trouble last night. That curtailed a little bit of their effectiveness. But I like Buddy Bayheim. I think Elijah Hughes is the most underappreciated guy in the league, along with John Mooney, to be honest with you, Dave. Uh, so I think Syracuse is certainly a threat. Um, I-, I get the Virginia thing. They're still, you know, Cavaliers are going to have to hit shots, man. I mean, they have, you know, you can't bust 70 yet, right? (laughs) Uh, They haven't busted 80 or whatever the number. You know, at some point, you just kind of sit there and shake your head at their inequity and and, and ineffectiveness on the offensive end. The third team, and and look, I know it's been a tough couple couple games for them, but I'd still side up when NC State plays well, NC State can be in this thing. Uh, Virginia Tech, yes, but Virginia Tech – And I'll I'll leave you to this. Virginia Tech has to hit more threes than the next guy. In other words, the average number of about four and a half or five a game, that's not going to work for the Hokies. Until Mike Young gets a battleship, you know, a guy, an aircraft carrier at the block, he's going to probably have to hit eight, maybe nine threes to beat really good teams. And last night he wasn't doing that, and they didn't get any play you know inside and that's why they were uh, scrambling all night long at Miami. I I certainly think NC State, Virginia Tech, Virginia, and Syracuse, if you wanted to look for three of those, I think you got your best chance and you know I, to be honest with you at this at this rate the way the chemistry's worked in Chapel Hill the last week, I wouldn't rule out Carolina just yet, Dave. If they continue to co- continue to grind and develop some confidence among themselves and find reliable wing scoring, And that's really what Carolina's missing is reliable wing scoring at this point.
0: Very well said, Mr. Mayor. As always, (laughs) thank you for the visit on the David Glenn Show. Keep up the good work.
1: Thanks, David. Take care. Always fun.
0: Right back at you. Westerham Durham on Twitter, at Westerham Durham. On the other side, hey, Darren, you know we have an NFL head coach among our guests tomorrow as a Super Bowl analyst of the day. That narrows it down, but it's still kind of exciting to share which one it is, right? <laughs> right. That big news, final thoughts, TV picks, last call for phone calls at one 800 849 two seven six one seriously one of the nfl's head coaches will be among our guests tomorrow it is a whopper we're excited about it what was it roy williams jay billis and kevin harlan yesterday you working overtime darren what are you doing man this is good work i'm very excited for tomorrow's show as well those articles with your phone calls next The David Glenn Show, where the great guests have so much fun, they never want to leave.
1: I'll come give you a pep talk before your next show if you need me to. We could
0: use that from you, Webb Simpson, anytime.
2: Hey, I'll be your intern after this is everything open, man.
0: We'll take Joe Harris as an intern every day (laughs) and twice on Sunday. Listen weekdays to The David Glenn Show. Welcome back to the Dan Glenn Show. It is the last call for phone calls. I also have two things that I promised that I will now deliver on. We will have one more pair of Carolina Hurricanes lower-level hockey tickets to give away on our show tomorrow, so I hope you'll, with, you'll be with us. One more reason to be with us is what I promised before the break. We will have an NFL head coach as one of our Super Bowl analysts. He is former Carolina Panthers head coach Ron Rivera, who joined us a bunch of times during his almost decade-long tenure in the Queen City right here in our backyard. The brand-new head coach of the Washington Redskins, Ron Rivera, will be among our guests on tomorrow's program. Another thing I promised, your calls, TV picks, final thoughts as we come down the stretch on today's program. Mike Krzyzewski, after clearing up the whole stuff where he was yelling at his own fans, the Cameron Crazies, and hugging, of course, his beloved former player and former assistant or associate head coach Jeff Capel. Duke 79, Pitt 67, I apologized to the fans for misinterpreting what they were saying with their Jeff Capel chant, and everybody's kind of moved on from that. Coach K in the postgame also did, of course, take a question. That was kind of a follow-up. He put out a statement over the weekend As someone who not only admired Kobe Bryant, given their prominent places in the basketball world, but he coached Kobe Bryant. And coming out of high school, Kobe had said that the Blue Devils were one of his favorites, and Coach K recruited him. It became clear quickly that Kobe was going to be one of those guys who went straight from high school to the NBA. So Michigan and Villanova and UNC uh, and Duke, his four favorite schools, quickly came to understand roy williams told us this earlier in the week he was at kansas at the time Uh, this kobe kid is going straight to the nba so mike szaszewski missed that opportunity to coach kobe but there they were together as coach and player on not one but two united states olympic gold medal winning teams team usa coach mike szaszewski team usa star kobe bryant Coach K put out the statement through Duke over the weekend. Coach K elaborated on his thoughts about Kobe himself and really the tragedy
2: more generally. The last couple days have been really emotional. You know, uh, look, Kobe was one of my players. I coached him on three teams. He was my leader. We had special moments, private and public. He was amazing with my grandkids the, the grandson on this on our team is, his nickname's Mamba, because he met him in Pe, uh, Beijing, and he would go to my granddaughters and hi princess and kiss their hand, and it was it's been bad, and I have been very emotional about it, not publicly, but Kobe was the key guy in building the continuity of culture for those 11 years that I coached. His, and his relationship with LeBron was the key, was the key. Those two guys were magnificent together. That's why I, I'm sure LeBron's going through a lot, uh, quite a bit. And they were, they were the foundation, and everything else was built on the relationship that those two guys developed. And they allowed me to help in that a little bit, but also then to coach it.
0: That was Mike Krzyzewski after the Blue Devils win over the Pitt Panthers last night. A couple of other final thoughts as we come down the stretch on today's program, and we'll give you our TV picks as well. If you're one of those fans of, say, UNC Greensboro or Western Carolina or in the MEAC, North Carolina A&T and NC Central, not both but probably either given the way the Aggie Eagle Classic works, Charlotte and Conference USA, maybe you have seen or will watch tonight ECU, basketball, hosts a top 25 Houston Cougars team tonight. ESPN 3 is how you can catch it. They have a sophomore forward the uh, the Pirates do. His name is Jaden Gardner. He's from right here in the triangle. Did not get ACC scholarship offers. Ends up with Joe Dooley and the ECU Pirates. He had a sensational year last year. He is having a sensational sophomore season. I think the kid could end up going down seriously. All due respect to Blue Edwards, who played in the NBA for about a decade after starring for the Pirates. Jaden Gardner could be on his way to being the greatest basketball player in the history of East Carolina University. Not an exaggeration. I mean, he's only halfway there, probably, assuming he doesn't leave early. But he is an undersized but overproductive forward, and he just absolutely dominates the American Athletic Conference. 20 points per game, roughly, in a league where nobody else is scoring more than 16 points per game. So catch Jaden Gardner tonight, Houston at ECU at Minji's. Also among your TV options, obviously, along with Wake Forest at Notre Dame, 7 o'clock start on the ACC Network, Louisville at Boston College, 9 o'clock start on the ACC Network. But if you're a fan of any of those college basketball programs that I mentioned, or Davidson, or Appalachian State, or High Point, or UNC Asheville, and there might be some I'm forgetting to mention, they are all celebrated and highlighted Coach of the year, player of the year, freshman of the year, all North Carolina and otherwise. I had a post this morning at theathletic.com and The Athletic Carolina that celebrates truly dozens of the lower profile but worthy of consideration stories that our college basketball landscape has to offer, of course, way beyond the ACC. I have separate ACC awards that I do, power rankings regularly at accsports.com. But today's post, among others, celebrates the rest of our great college basketball culture. What are your other TV options? Well, obviously, the Australian Open is coming down the stretch. 7 o'clock on the Tennis Channel. ESPN 2 takes over the coverage a little bit later. A lot of college basketball. ESPN doubleheader on the NBA. Pistons at Nets and Rockets at Blazers. There's an NBC Sports Network doubleheader for hockey with NHL action back after the All-Star break. Again, we'll have more Canes tickets for you tomorrow. Ron Rivera of the Washington Redskins among our guests. Thanks for being with us today on the David Glenn Show. Mr. President Barack Obama, welcome to the David Glenn Show. How are you? David,
1: it's great to be on. It's wonderful to to talk to the folks in North Carolina. I always say uh, I love the state of North Carolina, love the people of North Carolina. Even the folks who don't support me down there are nice to me. The David Glenn Show.